Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Matthew's Gospel. We're going to begin in chapter 27, and then we're going to see the truth of the resurrection in chapter 28. How do you counsel someone who is in crisis and confusion? How do you provide comfort and give courage during some very dark times? Over the last 72 hours, I have had two phone calls. Phone calls from families who were in crisis. Families who anticipated loved ones going home. One of the families said, this is just a really tough time. We're separated by states, and I wish I could be down there. Another family said, we're trying to get there as soon as we can, but we're not sure that when we arrive in Indiana that we'll be able to minister and share with, with mom. These are difficult times, difficult days. In Matthew chapter 27, we see the background of some very difficult days. Matthew 27 tells us about the crucifixion, the death of Jesus, how he was buried and how a guard was posted at the tomb. Verse 50 of Matthew's gospel, chapter 27, tells, And Jesus cried again with a loud voice, and yielded up the Spirit. A difficult, difficult time. In verse 57 of Matthew 27, we read, When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tube, which had been cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. The text continues to tell us Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. Jesus had been crucified. Joseph had requested the body and wrapped it and laid it in a tomb. The women were there to observe what Joseph was doing as the stone was rolled over the mouth of that grave. They were in crisis. And yet, chapter 28 begins this way. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. 
And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. In the text, God used an angel to roll away the stone and deliver the message to his followers that he was risen. I think it's interesting to look at the ministry that angels had in the Word of God. There are a number of angels that are identified. There are the cherubim, the warriors of God, the ones who guarded the tree of life when Adam and Eve were thrust out of the garden. You also discover the cherubim around the throne of God. There are the seraphim, the worshipers of God, those who at the throne cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Michael and Gabriel are identified as archangels, special messengers of God. And it was Gabriel who went to Joseph and Mary and validated the truth of the virgin birth of God. Christ. In the Old Testament, you read of the angel of the Lord, and many believe that was a pre-incarnate vision of Christ himself. Angels came to Lot, warning him of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Angels were identified in Jacob's dream Angels descending from, on a ladder from heaven. In the 104th Psalm we read, he makes his angels spirits. English Standard Version wins his ministers a flame of fire. And in Psalm 91, we're reminded that he will command his angels to guard us in all our ways. Angels declared the birth of Christ to the shepherds when they said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to all men. Angels ministered to Jesus following his temptation. And in the book of Revelation, we discover that the seven stars described by the incarnate Christ are the seven angels to the seven churches. Isaiah chapter 14 describes another angel. 
Lucifer, son of the morning, Satan, who fell from heaven. He is described as an angel of light in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And Matthew chapter 25 describes his eternal dwelling place as a place of fire. Here in our text in Matthew chapter 28, it's an angel of the Lord, verse 2, that descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. And as we look at the message of the angel, we discover three realities that help us in a time of crisis. The first reality is the reality of courage. For the angel said to them in verse 5, Do not be afraid. Now, there was much for the women, Mary and the other Mary, to be afraid of that day. John's gospel records that they went to the tomb a great while before day, while it was still dark. Matthew here says in verse 1 that it was toward the dawn of the first day of the week. Things are much more frightening in the dark. The text also tells us that there was a great earthquake in verse 2. And it was that earthquake that announced the dissension of the angel from heaven who would roll away the stone. Now I believe that that earthquake took place while the angel, while the women were on their way to the tomb. This was the second earthquake in, in three days. The first one is described for us in chapter 27, verse 51, where we're told that the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. The rocks were split. Verse 52, the tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after the resurrection, they went into Jerusalem, the holy city. And appeared to too many. Oh, yeah, there was a lot to be afraid about. And here in our text, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary are confronted by an angel. That, too would give them great fear. I think it interesting in the text that verse 3 says that his appearance was like lightning, his clothing white as snow. Mark's gospel tells us that the clothing was a white robe, and Luke's tells us that it was dazzling apparel. And Matthew here tells us that when that took place, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Guards had been posted. The Pharisees and the chief priests had gone to Pilate, requesting that he post a guard. And the reason they did that was because Jesus said he would rise again. 
they were concerned that his disciples would steal him away and tell the story that he had risen from the dead. And in verse 64 of chapter 27, we read that their concern was that the last fraud would be worse than the first. Here in chapter 28, the guards, the guards who had been posted to make sure the disciples did not steal the body, trembled and became as dead men. Yes, there was a lot to be afraid. But yet, the angel said to them, again verse 5, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. I know who you seek. I know just what you need. And he is risen. During World War II, a self-taught pianist and organist by the name of Ruth Kay, a pastor's wife from Pennsylvania, was concerned about that which was taking place in Europe. Late in 1943, Ruth, now a mother of five and wife of a busy pastor, was, was reading 2 Timothy 3.1. There Paul reminds Timothy that in the last days, perilous times will come. Some have wondered whether the times which we now live in are the last days. As Ruth read the Pittsburgh newspapers, they reported that World War II was not going well. They printed the casualty lists there was slow progress of the Allied troops moving up the boot of Italy. And it seemed to Ruth that the perilous times of 2 Timothy had already come. Rationing was hitting those at home. Discouragement was everywhere. How long could people continue to live in times like these? It was then that Ruth took out a small notepad and began to write down these words. In times like these, you need a Savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips a solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure. Be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips a solid rock. Soon, people around the world were encouraged 
because they recognized that faith was not in government or even in the ending of the circumstance of their times. Faith was in Jesus and the truth that he had risen, just as he said. Take courage, my friend. Jesus is risen from the dead. But not only did the angel offer courage, the angel also offered a confirmation. For he says to the women, verse 6, Come and see the place where he lay. Validate. Understand. Recognize the truth. The tomb is empty. Jesus has risen from the grave. Today you can visit the tombs of many historical religious leaders. You can go to St. Peter's Basilica and there discover the remains of many popes. You can go to Medina, Saudi Arabia, to the Green Dome, and there find the tomb of Muhammad. Here in our country, you can go to Nauvoo, Illinois, and discover the Latter-day Saints leader's tomb, Joseph Smith. You might go to Cambridge, Massachusetts, and there you would find Mary Baker Eddy from Christian Science fame's grave. Even here in Battle Creek, you can go to our own Oak Hill Cemetery and discover the final resting place of Ellen White from Seventh-day Adventism. But no matter where you look, no matter where you Seek Jesus' tomb. You will discover that it is empty. In Luke's gospel, the angel says, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Luke's gospel also asks the women, Do you remember how he told you? How he told you that the Son of Man would be delivered, delivered to sinful men. How he would be crucified, but on the third day he would rise again. If you study the gospel accounts, you discover that Jesus told his disciples three times that he would rise from the dead. The confirmation in our lives, throughout all of history, is that the grave is empty and Jesus is risen, as he said. The angel then challenges the women. And in verse 7 he says, Go quickly. Tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold... He is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. As you understand the gospel, the gospel given to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 
The gospel is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again according to the scriptures. The gospel writers give us 10 post-crucifixion accounts of the resurrection. And Paul, again, in 1 Corinthians 15, tells us that he appeared to more than 500 at one time. The challenge to the women was, go, tell the disciples that he is risen. Challenge to us would be threefold. First of all, do you accept the truth that Jesus is risen from the dead? In John chapter 11, Jesus was visiting some friends, Mary and Martha. And the reason he was visiting them is because their brother, Lazarus, had just passed away. Jesus makes this statement. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And then to Martha, he asks this question. Do you believe this? I would ask you this morning, do you accept the truth that Jesus died for your sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as personal Savior? If not... Easter Sunday would be a great time to receive Christ. There's a second challenge to the women. Will you announce it? The angel said, go quickly and tell his disciples. In John chapter 20, we read that the women went and told the disciples, and Peter and John ran to confirmed for themselves that the stone had been rolled away and that the tomb was empty. If you believe it, you need to tell others. If you've discovered it, you need to announce that truth to those around you. If it's real in your life, you have a responsibility to share the gospel. And the third challenge we have is this. Will you act on it? We won't take time to turn to John's gospel this morning, but there were two different reactions that John records for us. The first one was Mary in the garden. Peter and John ran to the the tomb and, and left, and Mary is alone, She sees one that she perceives to be the gardener. Approaches him and said, if you know where they've laid him, tell me so that I can go and worship him. The gardener spoke one word. It was her name, Mary. Mary responded, Rabboni, teacher. And clung to the wonder of the risen Christ, as he personally showed himself to her. She then left and said, I've seen the Lord. 
And this is what he told me. There was a different reaction a little later on that day. The text says that the disciples met together in a place, sequestered themselves, stay at home, stay safe, with the doors being locked. And why did they do that? Because they feared the authorities. They feared society. They feared what was going on outside. The truth that you and I have is that we need not fear. He is risen. He is risen indeed. We live in very, very difficult times. Times that are confusing to us. Times that bring crisis into our lives. Times that are a challenge. And yet, the truth is that he is risen. He is risen indeed. 